This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. Check out their interactive workshops, events, leadership coaching blog, and more at www.kingdomatwork.com or follow them on all major social media platforms. Kingdomatwork.com. Hey, welcome to I Work for Him this afternoon as we broadcast you from San Antonio, Texas. But before we tell you about why we're here and who we're here with, Martha, I think it'd be great for us just to reconnect with people on how they should be letting us know how they should be. Um, let's talk I Work for Him Nation today. Okay, so I Work for Him Nation is something that um, God just really laid on Jim's heart, um, helping encourage people to make a commitment to pray for their coworkers and employees, to befriend them, to um, to just, they can read it on our website, jimiworkforhim.com, but the big idea of that is just making a commitment to say, Lord, what do you want me to do in my workplace that's going to make a difference? And um, making that commitment just helps people to say, you know, this is something that the Lord really I want to pursue and I want to grow in this area. So I just want to encourage people to go to our website. A little flag will pop up and it'll say, I want to join the nation. Go there and read the commitment for yourself and see if that's something that you can commit to. We will send you a little something in the mail. Um, when you do make that commitment. So there's always that. And I have fun when I get to send those all over the country. We just recently got a, a new member from Poland. So it's a, people across the world are joining. We'd also love to hear from you. If you've got suggestions on new guests, if you're hearing stories out there in the marketplace of people living out their faith, give us a call to our listener line, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Helping people move from the retirement mindset, which you know, when I work for him, we're pounding people. Retirement's not biblical. You have a second half. You may have a reassignment, but you never get to retire. That's not biblical. Unless of course you're a Levitical priest, then you get to retire, but then you still have to do mentoring and training. That's right. All right. So helping people move from the retirement mindset to pivoting to a new focus is no small task. Today, we get to talk with a local San Antonio, Texas entrepreneur, Daryl Lyons, about PAX Financial Group and how they live out their faith as financial advisors and help people pivot. We're on location today at the Intergalactic Headquarters for the C12 Group in San Antonio, <laughs> Texas. We've got C12 Mike, C12 CEO Mike Shero is also joining us in the studio as we get to talk with Daryl Lyons. Mike and Daryl, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you for having me today. Mike Shero, uh, where is the launch pad then for the spaceships for the intergalactic? It's thing. in the backyard. I can show you guys later. Um, next next to the security clearance. Next, oh, there's a yeah. security clearance. It so probably has a cloaking it's device. It's cloaked yes. then right now. Got it. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Daryl, this is your first time on I Work For Him. I would, uh, well, I, actually, so because it's your first time, but Mike Shero is here. Mike, why don't you introduce Daryl? I mean, talk, g- give your personal introduction. Man, so I, we could do a whole show of me talking about Daryl, and then you could just say amen at the end, Daryl. You want to do that? And then you'll be really glad you came. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds great. I was just thinking about the rocket ship in the back, so yeah. <laughs> so I got to know Daryl and his firm actually before C12. And so, and then I got to become a customer and then we got involved in C12 together. Um, one of the reasons I was so excited and said, when you said you guys are going to be here, you've got to interview Daryl, is his story, both just personally, his journey with Jesus and business and how the gospel has consumed his heart to impact people and the work of their business is just uh, unconventional and genuine and uh, I think it's contagiously transferable to everybody. So I want everybody to hear it because he's a guy who's journeyed, uh, had a Literal, come to Jesus, Jesus consume his heart, grown in business, and has begun to view business as literally a ministry to people. And uh, in the wealth management world, you guys have known plenty of folks. It's pretty rare to find a wealth management firm that says, we actually want to help middle America. 
because you don't make a lot of money helping middle America, but you can change generations. And so they've, they've had this heartbeat of we're going to change generations through our business. And then just a, maybe an epitome of some of the things that Daryl and his team are about. Um, literally in their office, I got this gong. And it, I've been to companies where they got like sirens go off and you get a new account or you ring a bell when you get a million-dollar sale. Uh, they hit this gong when a legacy gets changed, oh. when someone gets debt-free, when someone raises their giving to 20% instead of 4% it was, or when someone's marriage gets transformed or people get saved. I mean, they're about legacies happening now, not just a big estate gift later. And that's just very uncommon because they're targeting the less likely, least likely market and then celebrating the least likely transaction for a wealth manager to be about, mm-hmm. which just says, okay, this is a weird group. And, uh, <laughs> and then he does it all with us, uh, not bravado, not a, uh, power play but it, this identity in christ fueling both who he is and then why they go and serve people this way so daryl Lyons is a friend he's a author of some great books um and he's passionate about people coming to know freedom and change how was that for an intro yeah, that was great. a wonderful intro wow. how much did you pay him to, to, that was incredible all right i love yeah, that beautiful so as as today we're in san antonio and we're talking with daryl lines we are at the intergalactic world headquarters for the c12 group do i have to say that every time mike you do no okay well you can just say c12 if you want okay so it's, well i was gonna say the world headquarters for c12 because it is true it is not just in the u.s it's all over the world check them out online c12group.com c12group.com daryl lines we ask this question of everybody the first time they come on I Work For Him. How did you become a Jesus follower? Wow. Oh, good question. So um, I'm going to give you uh, the long answer. Is that okay? Of course. And, and, but it's not exhaustive. So I became a Christian when I was a child. And uh, it was an authentic transaction when uh, my name was written in the book of life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was in a small town just north of here called Bernie, Texas. And, uh, my mama was a praying mama and she prayed over me a lot and I, uh, I enjoyed my walk with Christ, but you know, I think, in fact, I was, t- I was driving my daughter to school this morning and I, and I, you know, I, I got a short window to teach my kids on the commute to school. And I, and I asked her the question, I said, Noel, what's the difference between believing God and trusting in him? And, you know, we had a great dialogue. Well, I want to tell you that that initial transaction, I believed in him, but did I really trust him? And so it wasn't until I was an adult that I really had an experience where I began to understand what it meant to trust him. And um, can I share that with you? Is that sure, okay? Absolutely. Um, I, I don't want to exhaust the, and, and hijack the no, every, no, questions no, that you no, might have. No, no, this is perfect because we always – the reason I ask that question is our everybody's experience – and how they were really drawn into a deep relationship with the Lord is different. And so we want people to hear it so that they can go, hey, okay, so my story's okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the, the, you know, I think some people can relate to that. You know, that's a, as a child, they, they may have gone to youth camp or something, and, and the, they made a transaction where his spirit testified with our spirit. And, but they just never really trusted him, and, and, and I didn't really understand the difference. And so what had happened is, is I had grown up without money in a very difficult situation, and so— Working our way out of, you know, I graduated from high school in a little trailer park uh, on the side of the highway, and um, I just wanted to figure out how life worked. So in an effort to figure out life, I developed an attitude called mental toughness, extra effort. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible, in the Bible was in Proverbs, go like an ant thou sluggard, consider his ways and be wise. Now, that's not a really great mission statement in isolation, <laughs> because we also know later in the scripture that apart from him, we can do nothing. But I grabbed that scripture and I said, go like an ant, and I hustled my tail off. And I paid my way through school. 
I worked 40 hours at a bank. I got two degrees. I went and, and became a partner of the year at a big firm, rookie of the year before that at a big firm. I was heading to New York. I was heading to Wall Street. I was heading to mm-hmm. Chicago. And nothing was stopping me. It was mental toughness, extra effort. I don't have any tattoos, but if that were a tattoo, that'd mm-hmm. be my tattoo. And so um, I, I I was working my tail off. So w- later on in life, I ended up uh, you know having a, a, a daughter and a son and – uh, my wife was expecting her third baby, and <clears throat> she was not feeling good. In fact, it wasn't far from this location we're at now that we lived, and and sh- and she wasn't feeling good that day. So I said, "You just stay home, and I'm going to take my daughter Claire. She was two at the time to the grocery store, and I'm going to get groceries for dinner." So we uh, drive up the road, and we roll down the windows, and it was a beautiful February day. Um, it was sunglasses and leather jacket kind of day, and we roll down the windows, and and I'm I'm kind of frustrated because I had just messed up a client deal and I'd lost some money and I tried to play golf and I was bad at that. And I had just been making a ton of mistakes and I was frustrated trying to enjoy the moment. And, um, we were singing and then all of a sudden she screams and she kicked the electronic up button with her foot and put her uh, hand out and her finger, her little finger got caught between the window and the frame. And so I swerved over into the McDonald's parking lot, and horns are honking. And, and, I, and I thought I was going to have to punch the window, but she let go of her foot, and the window came down, and her finger was severed. Oh. And there was blood all over her princess dress, and she's screaming, and I'm freaking out. I'm already under a lot of stress from work and pressure and things that I was dealing with. So I rushed to the hospital, and they asked for me my date of birth and her date of birth, and I mumbled whatever I could. And, um, and we, got her, we got her in the emergency room. Dr. Chris Phelps... Um, kept her that night and successfully reattached her little finger. Mm. But that night my wife lost our third baby. Mm. And so in the midst of this frustrating time, mental toughness, extra effort was not going to get me through it. And when we come back, we're going to get the rest of that story. You listen to I work from as Martha and I broadcast from, we are in San Antonio, Texas at the C12 headquarters, national intergalactical, whatever you want to call it. Intergalactical. <laughs> We're making up words as we go. That is my forte. That's that's how I roll. (laughs) And Mike Sherrill has invited in to be with us today, Daryl Lyons. He's the founder, the co-founder and the CEO of PAX Financial. It's PAXFConline. All of a sudden, I lost the website. PAXFG.com. PAXFG.com. Sorry about that. What does PAXFG stand for? Uh, PAX is Latin for peace, P-A-X, and FG Mm -hmm. is in financial group. And so we're big Dave Ramsey fans, so the the PAX is a spinoff from Financial Peace University. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Daryl, you left us with a cliffhanger there at the end of the last segment. The doctor- There's blood everywhere. There's blood everywhere (laughs) on the princess dress, which I like that because I know that that impacted your daughter more probably than her finger being disabled attached um the doctors able to reattach the the finger but your wife loses the baby yeah so um at this point i'm i can't mental toughness extra effort my way through this so i call up a guy who had a little gray hair and he read the bible more than i did and and even though i appreciated the word of god i never really got into it it was just it was there um and 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 i was certainly one to get into and um I, i enjoyed you know some of the debates apologetics debates right i could do that uh, but I really, you know, the word of God was, was not something that I really digested, but he did. And his name was Bill Loveless. So I bought him a breakfast taco and I said, Bill, I need to unpack what's been going on over the last three months. And uh, I need you to help un- unwind this and help me figure it out. And I don't remember what he said, but I remember what God said through him. And he said, are you done yet? Are you done living the life I never intended you to live? Are you done with all the worry and all the pressure that you're putting on yourself to perform? Are you done? 
and I was done. And at that point, I made a commitment to not just not just believe in him and not even just trust him, but just depend on him moment by moment. And so at that moment, I I completely uh, started to unpack the scriptures and what it meant for the vine branch relationship and and what it meant to bear fruit. And I always thought bear mean to manufacture, but bear means I'm just simply hold. I'm going to hold it, and I'm going to be a PVC pipe that allows God's. Um, blessing to flow through me and i wanted more than anything the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness generosity self-control none of those things i could manufacture on my own mm-hmm. and once i recognized that that um, i could manufacture it on my own and that it required moment by moment dependence upon him uh, that transformed my complete perspective the way i worked it didn't change my work ethic it just changed how i worked and um, that was a game changer for me to realize that there is a God that cares about me, but not only that, that I'm going to depend on him and believe in him and trust in him in each moment. And, um, and, and I think that, you know, the path I was heading on mental toughness, extra effort was one that was exhausting that could have led to some serious health is- issues. And he just completely just re- redirected my course. And since that time, I've been sharing that message with others specifically, you know, men, uh, but uh, I got to tell you, there's been a lot of women that have, that have gravitated towards the pressure that we all put on ourselves sure. to perform. And, and that could be as, as, as parents and recognizing that <clears throat> apart from him, we can do nothing. And, and Bill always reminds me what part of, uh, apart from me, you can do nothing do you not understand? <laughs> right. And, and so that's, that, that's my journey. And I know it's a long story, but it was really two transactions that occurred and uh, it's really been transformative in my life. So at what point in time did the Lord move you to connect your faith and your work? Well, um, you know, I think, again, C12 has been a great um, supporter in that. I think there's, there's a healthy fear that if you integrate the two, that you're subjecting yourself to liability. So being very, <laughs> you know, being very cerebral about it, you always have this reservation, well, I've got to keep the two things separate. And so having quite a bit of dialogue with um, with the C12 group coupled with other Christians who have implemented, um, you know, looking at the Stuart Cathy's of the world and the other leaders that have integrated their faith in the workplace. When I realized that the degree of liability can be contained, you know, you can, you can use good judgment. Uh, you know, if we have a Bible study, I don't force people to go. Uh, once I understood the liability and I realized that I could accept it, I think that was a very, I had to get through that. Then it became, Hey, I, you know what? I don't have to be two different people. Mm-hmm. I can I can be the same person Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and just live out my faith. It just it was a, de- a degree of freedom. So it was certainly the the recognition me as a leader that I needed to depend on him, and then the encouragement of peers. Right? That's why in Hebrews it says, "Do not give a, give up meeting with one another." Uh, that encouragement uh, helped me realize that hey, I can do this, and I should do this, and it, and then it was freedom after that. So when you were um, participating in the C12 group, were you already a financial planner at that point? I was. So yeah. how did you then make a shift if you were already doing something and then you saw a different way of doing it? What did that look like? I think it was <clears throat> more than anything. It was, first of all, living out authentically. Um, I, I, you know, the, the biggest challenge is trying to implement something that you're not really doing yourself. And so <clears throat> I think for me, it was just trying to be authentic in my own faith and mm-hmm. leading that out. And then um, when God put it on my heart to uh, to love on people in a very unique way, uh, I, I think that that I had to start to try to figure out creative ways to implement that. And so, let me give you an example. Um, 
one of the things that I do every week is I send out an email to my team. And this email says... Your uh, team of, of employees. And my employees. So and how many is About that? 20. Okay. So I send out an email and it says GTD. And that's a, and that means get to do. Things that I get to do this week. Things that I, It's a play on words. I mean, I could put I have to do this, but it's mm-hmm. get to do. And then I put my high and my low of the week. Um, my high of the previous week and my low of the previous week. And then everyone in turn responds back. Everyone in the office, usually it's a reply all. And they'll respond back and say, here's what I get to do this week, which is, you know, I got to go to a conference or I've got to do this. And then my high of the last week was, hey, I got to go to my kid's birthday party. We had a great time. Or my low is we might have cancer in my family. Mm. And so I get to wrestle with life real time. So I think it, what happened was um, there was an authentic desire to love on people. And then how do you – then I started to try to wrestle with ways of how do you systematize – those things a little bit more to where I don't become disconnected with people. And that's one of the things that we just get around a boardroom and start wrestling with these ideas and they kind of come to fruition. You know, you had the opportunity, you, you mentioned in your story that you, you were plan, planning on going to Chicago or to wall street. You were, you were planning on being, becoming a, a big part of a big firm. You've decided to stay here in Texas and have a, a smaller firm, 20 so employees working with middle Kind of, you know, not, not the wealthiest of clients, but the middle class clients, the, the everyday individuals yeah. that don't have billions of dollars. What, what made you? I mean, you you shared how the Lord shifted it, but when you went home and shared what what uh, Mr. Loveless shared with you, and you shared that with your bride, and you said, "I think maybe my plans are going to change." What? How did she respond to that? Well, you know, actually, I've got to tell you that that wasn't the catalyst for me making – that was the catalyst for my transformation of as a Christian, but it wasn't a catalyst for the decision to not go the Wall Street path. Hmm. The catalyst for that decision was as I was with some big firms, and um, I saw – and this was God just giving me wisdom. I saw that there was going to be a complete disconnect between my family and my career path, and, and I was going to have to make a decision. I also reflected on a time that God unique. See, I believe that every, we all have a life story, and God uses stories. It, Romans eight twenty eight. There was a time I saw my dad cried in the nineteen eighties when the SNL crisis happened, and he lost everything. You guys may remember that time, but it was devastating in San Antonio. It was the only time I saw my dad cry. He completely lost his job. We lost everything, and it just went really south from there. And it painfully impacted me as a child. And I'll never forget, I never want that to happen to me. And the only way I can avoid me getting fired is to be my own boss, hmm. right? So God used eight, Romans 8.28. He used that story, and I never forgot it. And I said, I am going to quit this Wall Street path because there's a disconnect between family and work. And then I, I was fearful of that key that wouldn't work one day and that I'd get fired. So I started Pax Financial Group with a couple other guys. Hmm. So um, how has how have you seen that layout. I mean, how have you been, how did you decide to impact your clients in a way that was going to make a difference here in San Antonio? Oh my goodness. Uh, there's so many different ways. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's sometimes just, uh, I I think for me, I'm always looking for God, right? So like, okay, what's God doing today? I want to have this awareness of what God's going to do. And so when a client sits down in front of me, um, there's sometimes where, you know, I try to use good judgment because there's a professional, you have to have a degree of professionalism, right? I can't just start kind of preaching on them. Um, but if I can give them hope, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So the other day, uh, we had a client that, um, had a dream of getting an RV 
And um, he said, I'm not getting an RV. I refuse to it. There's no way I can't afford it. And I go, you're telling me you can't afford it. I'm your financial guy. Like, I know what you can afford. There's something else there that you're saying. And so um, I pushed him a little bit. He ended up getting an RV. Now him and his wife can fulfill their dream and do great things, right? So that's a little, that's awesome. That's more secular, but it's really cool that I could provide hope. There's other times where people in despair, they're going through divorce. I'll pray with them. Other times that they have no hope and they're at a point where you can tell they're broken. The spirit leads me. Let's pray. We're going to accept Jesus Christ right now as our Lord and Savior. We're going to make a, a complete U-turn in life. So really trying to be sensitive to the spirit. Sometimes it's just giving them a degree of hope and then continuing to build that relationship. Uh, and other times it's, Hey, this guy's at the bottom or this girl's at the bottom and we need to do something different. So Jim asked you about your name, PAX financial and PAX being about peace. So when did the decision to pivot and make this organization be an agent, a catalyst for people finding peace, not just people making money? When did that yeah, uh, it's a good question. And you know, you guys have already asked a ton of good questions. Frankly, they're very difficult questions because the questions, the way y'all framed them <clears throat> is when did that happen? Like, what was that event? And and I got to tell you, there's oftentimes it's a process, not, it's a process right? And right. so, um, so sometimes I feel like I'm not answering you directly. So I apologize because a lot of times it's me just kind of thinking through things. It's your story. It, the Lord does it on his time and okay. it's okay. I'm very cerebral. So I kind of think things through and, and, um, and that's good and bad as we know. But, um, in that case, first of all, I had three, uh, two other partners and they're awesome people. You know, I'm Andres Gutierrez and Joseph should and, and they've really been impactful in my life and making me the man I am today. And Andres is, um, his family's from Mexico. So when we were looking for names, we wrote a bunch of names out, and he liked the X in Pax. <laughs> he goes, I like the X. But but Pax, when I put it on the table, it was Latin for peace, right? right. And Dave Ramsey, um, we've had a great relationship with Dave Ramsey out of Nashville. And so he has Financial Peace University, mm -hmm. and we taught those classes, and we were seeing transformation. So we were just standing on the shoulders of giants before us and uh, wanted to continue what he was doing and, and find a way to do that in our own unique way. But we hadn't figured that out yet. We just knew we wanted to stand on the shoulders of somebody great, and that's that's really the, the transaction there. All right, so you had another question you want to make sure you ask, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I want to ask, so uh, Daryl, you're this very disciplined, cerebral guy. You're intentional family, you know, husband, father. Oh, four great, kids, no. Four kids, beautiful kids. Thank you. He's got a wife who's uh, amazing. What's your wife's name? Caress. Yeah. yeah. They, they're, this, they're like a love story. It's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Um, we all marry up, buddy. Oh, we all marry big up. time. Yeah. It's your scaling business, do all this cool stuff, and yet in the middle of all your abundant free time, you chose to write a couple books. Um, one makes sense because of your story, small business, big pressure, and then you just had a book that just came out literally this month. Explain yeah. why you wrote why you decided to write because you didn't need to write books for your practice. Well, the short answer is I'm not good at golf. <laughs> so, uh, it's two of us. <laughs> so I'll write instead. Oh, that would make four of us. <laughs> you know, I, I really was mis I misunderstood that for many years. I thought you had to play golf to make it in the business world. And I really tried and, uh, I just really wasn't good at it. And, and, um, but There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well, at first I thought there was. And so then God did his work on that gland and realized, Hey, that can be just who I want to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'll tell you small business, big pressure credit to the C12 group because I wanted to write a book and I told him my heart and, you know, in business, it's not, it's not like big things that make a difference. It's, you have a messy mind and you just need somebody to kind of make sure you're thinking about things correctly and give you the encouragement. And I would tell you, I remember sitting around the group and them saying, you should do this. You should, you should write this book. And so small business, big pressure was 
the genesis of it, I was teaching classes on small business because we had won some awards on best places to work and fastest growing companies. And people were asking me questions. So I started teaching classes on it. And then I looked at my desk and the content of the, the research was was piled up on my desk. And so I started to write a book. And when I wrote the book, it was designed to be kind of a playbook for small businesses on how to run a small business. And then when I gave it to Joseph, my business partner, he said, you know, your faith is kind of sprinkled in there, but that's not really who you are. And so he challenged me uh, to integrate my faith in a more <clears throat> dynamic way. And so that was um, difficult because then I had to be vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. Brene Brown, courageously vulnerable. And um, so, but I went ahead and, and, and integrated my faith fully through that whole uh, book and the manuscript. And I'm really happy that it's been able to, to transform some people's lives um, in a very tangible way. So instead of it being a handbook on how to start a small business, what what is it? Who who's going to read it? Yeah, it's a handbook <clears throat> on um, practical. Uh, it's a practical guide for small businesses, okay. but very much so on how you not only implement a small business or I- implement some strategies from hiring to firing to. I talked about the GTD mm-hmm. um, mission statement. Mission clarity. statement. Yeah. Uh, even the the financials. We'll talk about the financials. A lot of people. That's kind of like ah, I don't want it to go there. Right. But how do you how do you do all these things in Christ? So every chapter, there's a prayer on how to implement this stuff in Christ. And, and so the idea is not to do it with Christ's help, with God's help along the way. That's not the, the book's intent. It's how am I going to do this in Christ? And so uh, that's a, just a very small semantics, but to me, it's a big deal. Hey, am I, am I going to do business with Christ's help or am I going to do it in Christ? And so that's the, the premise of the book. I was talking with an entrepreneur a couple weeks ago in Arizona, mm-hmm. and uh, we were talking about business. I said, hey, let's just stop. Let's pray right now about where this conversation is going to go. And the response was, you know, that's a big shift. Um, I, the Christians I know will pray for God to bless what we talked about. We don't actually talk about God guiding us in how you want us to do this. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've never thought about beginning the process in Christ. Have you just gone to Christ and asked him to kind of like put some magic dust on that, please? That's right. Yeah, Interesting. Abs- that is so true. I mean, we, we're, oh Lord, we have this great idea. Would you bless it, please? Instead of, hey, could you just lead us into the idea that you want us to have in the first place? So Daryl, as, as we talk with Daryl Lyons here, he is the fo- co-founder and CEO of PAX Financial Group, and it's online, PAX, P-A-X-F-G.com, PAXFG.com. All right, so I wanted to ask you, let me just, this is to you talk about tough questions. All right, so I went through your website last night as I was preparing for the show, and I noticed it was more plain glass than stained glass. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's something that we've been challenged with, and and here's the here's where we stand on that. Um, we want people who come in that don't know Christ, because we may be the only church they ever walk in, mm-hmm. and so we are very clear that we'll have atheists in all kinds of religions, mm-hmm. and we expose them to what it, to, to Christianity in a very unique way when loving people, and they leave there and they go, those are good people, and then they start making the connection, they're Christians, and that may be the only time they ever do that. We've been told that, hey, if you put some more Christian stuff on there, you'll get more Christian businesses, but we've decided not to take that approach. I didn't have a problem with it. I wanted you to explain it because I, yeah. I, I liked that. And I think it's really helpful for our listeners to just hear how God helped you wrestle with that and what you came up with because um, there's no one answer for everybody as far as exactly what their all their marketing material needs to look like, but it it's allowing the Lord to lead you in that and to be very intentional, like you said, courageously intentional. Oh, vulnerable. You were talking about as well. So, um, you say on your website that there's a huge difference between retiring (laughs) and pivoting. One focuses on ending and the other embraces new beginnings. 
What do you mean by that? Yeah. So over the years, just seeing people make a transition in their second chapter of life Mm -hmm. and the idea of uh, cardiac arrest nearly doubles, depression goes up. And, um, I, I hurt for a lot of the people who, um, have had a purpose prior to that, maybe raising kids, make sure you don't mess up and having a decent job. And they get to this second chapter and they think I have no purpose. And then they slowly die. And I thought, man, God's got so much more for them. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of pivoting means thinking through what your purpose is and what God has uniquely wired you to do. And, and many times there's a lot of different ways to identify purpose. What we have identified is that people live seven years longer when they have a purpose. Hmm. We've identified that people... Wow. Um, I think you should say that again, because yeah. I think a lot of our listeners need to hear yeah. that. People live seven years longer when they have a purpose. Wow. Uh, people, Who did the research on that? Barna or... Uh, you n- know. No. Uh, if you give me a minute, I'll think of the author's name. Okay. It's not somebody right. I think of a lot. But um, then there's also another study that it's... Uh, this is Richard Thaler's um, The Longevity Project. He did some great research on this as well. And he identified that those people who are conscientious live longer, right? That would make mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but those people, there's also been additional studies. Time magazine always comes out with this, the happiness studies and says that people, the people who are in a community now see God's got all this wired. Think about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we're, if we have purpose and we reflect on our life story and we go to the climax of the life story, when we had our most pain and you were helped or not helped and you take the climax of your life story and you pay that forward as your you unique purpose in the second chapter of life and you surround yourself with the community with hugs and high fives you get this oxytocin that keeps you alive Mm -hmm. and then you live longer and you're happier so god's got retirement uniquely wired if we just think through it and retirement by the traditional sense means the disposition of an asset over its useful life so the secular world and the financial world tells you your life is no longer useful so therefore we need to dispose of you Pivoting suggests your life is just beginning to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Reflect on the climax of your story. Lean into your pur- purpose. Surround yourself with the community. You'll live longer and you'll be happier. So, Do you know my first startup business was when a 79-year-old man named Al Gleamy, who was the number four guy at Prudential, came and recruited me to help him start a financial planning company. At age 79, he started a company in Lake Forest, Illinois. And I remember looking at him going, why? Why are you starting something? And now? he went, because retirement will kill you. <laughs> that is so he true. Had all these friends. He's like, all my friends retired and they're dying. And I was like, I got to go back to work. And so he's yeah. like, I want, and he wanted to create a business that had purpose. Yeah. He's like, I want to help people make it fun and you're going to help me build it. Yeah. 79 years old entrepreneur. Yeah. That's yeah. the voice of CEO Mike Shero, CEO of C12 Group. Check him out online, c12group.com. Daryl, so. I love what you said because this pivoting is really a Romans twelve two moment. You're talking about having a mind transformed and changing the way people think. Stop yeah. copying the behaviors and customs of this world. I love that because that is so true. And and the fact that retirement's not biblical. I mean, but there, but it could look very different. Well, and and it does. I think it's necessary. Also, I. I you know, I, I kind of sometimes just want to change the world. I think we all do. And, and I mean, why not? I, I, why not? Right. And I think about that all the time. Now, one of our good friends, Randy Frazee, uh, he taught me, uh, to just, you know, take care of my neighbors. So I spent a lot of time loving on my neighbors and, and then, but then I, I, I often think about changing the world. So it's always a good wrestle and I love it. It kind of gets me expired inspired. So I don't expire. Right. <laughs> um, but the idea is, is that if you, if you can collectively get those that are going to 
pivot to think about the next generation, that that changes the world. If they can reach their hand down to the next generation. Mm-hmm. It's so desperately needed. It's so desperately needed. And so that's that's a part of what I do as well as try to encourage that group to, to encourage others. And we need to encourage. I mean, that that just, we could, if we could just get a national platform and say, hey, everybody over 50, would you please start investing in somebody at least 25 years younger than you? Mm-hmm. You're listening to I Work Room as we broadcast from San Antonio, Texas at the world headquarters for C12group.com. C12group.com. If you're a Christ-following business owner or leader, and you've always wondered, what does it really mean to connect my faith and my work as I lead this organization? What does it mean to be a kingdom leader, to develop a kingdom culture, to build, to advance the kingdom in my business? Check it out online, c12group.com. There is a group near you, and if there isn't, they'll fly you to a place that you can do it. I mean, I'm sure you can do that. <laughs> Inter- intergalactically. Uh, right. Intergalactic. <laughs> they will just, they'll beam you up. Okay. Yeah. We're talking today with Daryl Lyons. He is the co-founder and CEO of PAX Financial Group right here in San Antonio. Mike Shero, you had a question you want to make sure that we ask Daryl here in this last segment. Yeah, Daryl. So, I mean, part of your guys' company is about living legacies and you've made a big part of your life sowing into others. And so I'd love to hear you talk. You shared your story transparently. If you were to talk about out of a heart for mentoring, what are some things you would challenge? Someone's listening in Orange County right now, and they're going, okay, I've got a totally different business than Daryl. How do I begin going down the journey? What would be some things you'd, you'd mentor virtually right now, thousands of people over the year? Yeah. Um, so first of all, I, I do think it is, it, it's the uh, best way I can describe it is crusade mentality. And the imagery I have in my head is that if we look in, um, if we look in Hollywood, we see the Christian battle being lost. Yeah, just, I'll just, you know, we could discuss that, mm-hmm. but, but the Christian battle being lost. We look in politics, we see the Christian battle being lost, again, debatable. And we think, oh gosh, we're losing this battle. But what I see in the imagery in my head is this, this hill, and on the other side of the hill is an army of business people sold out for God. And God's got this thing coming at the evil one, and the business community is way more influential than Hollywood. Or politics, because when I'm signing somebody's paycheck, they listen to me. <laughs> and yeah. not to say I'm manipulating, but the influence of business mm-hmm. is insurmountable, and we're going to win the cultural war through business. Christ is. Amen. And so what I'm, t- I'm saying to these business people, get on the bus. Let's go. And, and if I can inspire them to say, we've got a battle here in the business world, and we've got a g- in Christ, we've got some work to do, they'll find the how. So you, you, the question is, how do you do it? Yeah. And I'm trying to say, you know, like Simon Sinek, let's start with why. Yep. And if we start with why, I, you'll figure out the how. That's a part of, and I, this is, I'm not trying to plug C12 so much, but this really authentically, that's why part of sitting around the C12 group, you figure out the how stuff. Mm-hmm. But the why is, hey, there's, you want to be a part of the battle or not? Mm-hmm. And, and I want to be a part of that. When you give your life to Christ, you said you were going to be part of the battle. I mean, that's yeah. when you when you call somebody Lord, you're like you're going to do what He says, and He wants us. And Jesus operated in the marketplace. That was yeah. His place. Yeah, that was His place. I mean, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he, you know, and you know that sermon that I don't know, Mike, if you've preached a sermon because I know you get a chance to preach, but maybe there's a couple of ideas for you. Jesus's reputation in the marketplace, and Jesus as an entrepreneur. Those would be two great topics that don't almost never get preached on. I was just actually speaking at a church this past Sunday, and in closing, I did a, a coy little trick. I said, hey, I'd like to honor people today. If you've been called to full-time ministry at any point in your life, you've acknowledged that Jesus has called you to live your life advancing his kingdom, would you please stand? And maybe a dozen people stood, and everyone cheered, pastors, missionaries, and such. And I looked at the other hundreds of people sitting down, and I was like, why are you sitting down? I don't remember Jesus ever saying, like, I, call, I send you two 
to go make disciples. The rest of y'all just go make money. Don't do bad things and fund these people, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're all called. We're all called into this. Mm-hmm. I said, Spurgeon said, everyone's either a missionary or an imposter. And so let's get in the game. And, and to your point, one of the things that I struggled with was I was, you, Daryl, the, the, the story I was telling myself in your head, you've messed up too many times and you're not worthy mm-hmm. of being in that position. Mm-hmm. And I had to get over that. Yeah. And that was important. That was an important step for me. So, Daryl, you've recently written this, another book, and um, we'd love to give a copy of this yeah. away to our listeners. So tell us really quickly who this book would be for. So this book is, is, is Behavioral Finance, which is a collision of neuroscience, psychology, and traditional finance. Wait a minute, everybody just said, what? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. The, the, it's really important people understand that because I want people to... Uh, because a lot of people think money books about math. This one's about making better decisions. Okay. Because what we've researched over the years is that it's about decision making, not math. And so every year is a very simple chapter on um, what you need to be doing. So if you're 18, what you be do- should be doing at 18. If you're 45, at 60, very simple, practical things. If you're 45, you're going to say, what should I be doing at 45? What should my 20-year-old be doing? What should my 65-year-old mother be doing? And, and it allows you to look at your life and the people you love in a very unique way and make better money decisions. So call into our listener line at 866-713-9675. That's 866-713-WORK. And you can enter to get a copy of this book. And I will tell you that as I'm looking through it, it's so every couple pages is like a new chapter and it's the next age. So it starts at 18 and goes to 80, a simple and practical guide to money and retirement for all ages. So don't get scared by the word neuroscience and all of that. It's a simple and practical guide. And we would love to get a copy into the hands of one of our listeners. So call into 866-713-WORK and enter to win a copy of this book today. All right. Here's my, here's my zinger question for this hour. You, drum roll, drum you, roll. No, I don't know if it's worth of a drum roll. All right, you've been married how long? 16 years. 16 years. You've got four kids. You run a business with 20 employees. How do you protect your marriage from your business? What are you doing to invest in your marriage to keep it fresh? Because you've just talked about all these really neat things you're doing within your business to keep it fresh and growing. What are you doing to do the same thing with your marriage? Great question. Mm. Yeah, I, I referenced before that book, Making Room for Life. Uh, that book, again, was transformative for me to not overextend myself um, with trying to manage a bunch of relationships all around the country, all around the city. I have acquaintances, but uh, but I really try to keep things simple in my life. My commute is short. Um, my relationships are, are very intentional. Um, so I do that to just make sure I have some blank space in my mind. Um, I date my wife a lot. My wife is absolutely striking. <laughs> mm. Um, we enjoy each other's company. I'm very intentional and I fight for our marriage in the times of the 16 years where we've had some more, we've had some downs. Um, I will, I'm fighter for marriage. If, for example, it's not an, not uncommon for a mother to, to get caught in, in the world of children who are struggling in the middle of that, I'm still fighting for a marriage. And so I think part of it is God just put in me because of my upbringing, which is another show that marriage is a priority. And so I make, um, time and blank space in my head for her and our relationship. Well, thank you for sharing that with our listeners because we all need to be encouraged and take a moment to look at our own lives. Being intentional just on the size, the length of your commute. I mean, it's things like that that can really make a huge difference in people's lives. So I'm encouraged that you shared that. One other thing I'll say, I call her every day and I've done this for 10 years at 10 o'clock every day and two o'clock every day. So you missed your phone call. She's waiting. So I got to hurry. All right. All right. So last question. 
If we were to poll the employees of your business, you mm-hmm. said you had 20 of them, what would they say about how your faith is impacting the culture and the work environment? And what would they say about how C12 has impacted those two things? Yeah, so um, my faith has um, certainly gave me an awareness. I think my, my faith also keeps me in check. Um, the reality is is that you know when you write books, people pat you on the back and say you're really something special. And, and, and I think they know that my faith keeps me grounded because when you're running a company and if you're having success in your company, if you're writing books, whatever you're doing, you get to the point where you think you, you can do no harm. And so what they'll tell you, what my, what they know is that I'm, I'm constantly being humbled and I'm going, but you're married and you got four kids. There's a a lifetime of humility there. And, and and I'm always making mistakes and going before them. They know that, um, I don't deviate far and it, and I think that humility is really important. I would love for them to say, yeah, Daryl is humble. That would be, uh, I, I would, I would, that would be, make me proud if they told me that I'm humble. Um, so it would screw you up. If they told you you were humble, it make you proud, so then you don't want them to It's mm. a really wacky thing. <laughs> I need a sofa. I need a sofa to figure this one out. Um, the C12 group, you know, I'm doing a fundraiser for a ministry that I'm a part of, and, um, you know, I'm selling tables, and they're not much, but I call up my friends from C12, and all of them said, I'm in. Hmm. And and I thought about it. I go, those are real, they're real friends. Like, and they're running businesses. They can relate. I can relate to them. We've just, we've battled together. We've walked life together. It's unbelievable. I never knew that community of people existed. In, in the business world, you get so isolated. And, and there is a community of like-minded believers fighting for the same causes. And um, they're there for you when you need them. And I'm there for them. And so uh, that, that's what I'd like to be, say about C12. It's created some relationships I would have never had. Daryl Lyons with the PAX Financial Group. Thanks so much for being on iWork for him today. Uh, this has been fun. Y'all have been great. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Mike Cheryl, one last question for you. There are Christ followers listening to this show today all across the country, all across the world, and they're going C12 group. Who just in 30 seconds or less, who is a, who is a perfect C12 member? If you own a business, you are hired to run a business, you've got employees, you've got uh, Jesus in your heart, and you want to know how to connect those things all together and uh, you're trying to figure out how to grow, and you want to do it in a way that Jesus would say, well done, good and faithful servant, and you value any of those things or you're frustrated by any of those things, then you'd be a great C12 member. And, and C12 members, I mean, the group, the companies can be smaller, they can be larger. It, was, it all wide ranges. doesn't have to be a certain specific part of the economy. It can be any type of business, any type of organization, correct? Yeah, so you know, generally 10 employees or more um, all over the board. So I'm, I'm in a C12 group myself. We got everything from a $3 billion publicly traded software company down to a small business with 14 employees. And mm-hmm. so it's the full spectrum. But generally, you've got to have a team. So it's not for solopreneurs. And you got to be willing to see that business used as uh, really stewarded as God's. Mike Shero, thanks for hosting us here at C12 today. My pleasure. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him.